Hello and welcome to Plattrists. This is Lane. And this is Meg. And today we're going to be reviewing Fly With Me by Chanel Cleeton. So this book was published in 2016 and it is the first of the Wild Ace romances. I would have sworn this was older than that. Mm-hmm. Man, so I did read it in 2016 then. <laughs> you did, three years ago. Oh god, okay. Anyway, so this book... We are reviewing because it was on my bookshelf at home. Yeah. But this is a book that Elaine owns. I do, but I don't own it because I love it. So, thing that you guys don't know about me, I only buy books when I already like the book. So, it's generally a safe bet if you see something on my bookshelf that it's like a favorite of mine. However, um, my friends and I from high school were in this habit of... Purchasing uh, romance novels, highlighting the dirty parts, reading them to each other. And in the next couple of weeks, we actually have a couple of books from this collection yes. that we'll be reviewing. Um, but so this one, I met up with my high school girlfriends at a Barnes & Noble about three years ago. We, for old time's sake, bought what looked to be the most ridiculous book mm -hmm. on the shelf. And you guys will see on our Instagram, it is a fighter pilot with his like outer clothing unzipped. Yeah. And his bare chest his showing. bare chest, I'm sure. It looks like they wear nothing underneath their clothes, I yeah. guess. Um, so this was purchased, like, as a gag with all my friends, and I had it, and I remember reading it and feeling like it was so absurd, but we were, like, reading it aloud and laughing to each other, so I wasn't, like, seriously sitting down to contemplate its merit as literature. Yeah. And so I gave it to Meg with the disclosure of, like, I didn't like this, but it's very, very different than our usual Yeah, we fare. should probably do some more contemporary, so why not? And, you know, we haven't done anything, like, military-centric, and that is a huge genre. It within, is. Subgenre within romance. And Meg was like, Lane, do you really remember this? And I was like, not really. Like, I remember thinking it was ridiculous, but I don't really remember it. And she was like, it sucks. <laughs> so I think we need to warn our listeners prior to doing anything with this review. One, I have a hunch this is going to be one of those ones that gets a little spoilery. Partially because there's not much plot. There's really like nothing you, much that happens in this book. By describing the basic premise, you've spoiled the book. Yeah. Um, secondly, because... Neither Meg or I have a military kink. Not at all. Like, not in any way. Ex other than the fact that, yes, men in uniform look good. Oh, yeah. But other than that, like, 0% do I fetishize having my husband devote his life to our country. And to go beyond that, I think neither of us really understand the glorification mm -hmm. of military life. Yeah. Um... And that isn't to say, like, we don't support the troops or whatever, but, like, I don't think either of us would ever consider being a military wife. Like, no. it is. So, for those of you who are very pro-military and this is absolutely your kink, you might just want to pass up on this episode. Yeah. We're going to really problematize that. Yeah. And, and there's going to be a lot of, I think, discussion about deconstructing why it's sexy, especially because yeah. we don't find it sexy. So exactly. um, if you really want to like uncomplicatedly love military fantasy, see you next week. Yeah. I mean, go for <laughs> it. Go read your favorite military romance. And, and if you think there's a great one, recommend it. Like I'm not saying I'll never try again. This is like totally true. In fact, I would love to read a book that makes me actually consider getting into this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because this book did nothing for me and in no way made me want to embrace this lifestyle. Like at all. Correct. You know? Um, so without further ado, the book jacket. U.S. Air Force fighter pilot Noah Miller, call sign Byrne, loves nothing more than flying hard and fast. 
When he meets a gorgeous and sassy woman while partying in Las Vegas, he immediately locks on to her. Jordan Callahan owns a thriving clothing boutique, but her love life is far less successful. Her luck changes when six feet, two inches of sexy swagger asks her to dance and turns her world upside down. One scorching weekend becomes an undeniable chemistry that they can't leave in Vegas. But the long-distance relationship and their different lives threaten to ground their romance. And when the dangers of Noah's job become all too real, Jordan learns being with a fighter pilot means risking it all for a shot at love. <laughs> The review on this is, for anyone who's ever had a Top Gun fantasy, Fly With Me is for you. No, there you go. Here's the thing. Top Gun is mentioned 4,000 times. Oh, like a million? Book. Like maybe even more than 4,000 million? <laughs> 4,000 million. <laughs> like a lot. This book, it, Actually, I feel like every other word is Top Gun. Pretty much. So. Well, I'm sorry, every other word is tits and ass. I mean, that's, this is And then the true. third most often used phrase is... Chupacabra. Chupacabra, and in the middle is Top Gun. Yeah, right. <laughs> And um, FYI, so we do talk about the book jacket. This book jacket, as you could hear, is chock full of military jargon and military slang. And some puns. And, and puns. Which um, I respect. I mean, the puns are fine. But I do want to tell you that the entire book is full of this jargon. Yeah. Um, which in some, sometimes is explained and sometimes is not explained. So just as an FYI, that is, if you read this book, you're going to get into a lot of that. So for our personal summaries, this week's randomly generated number is eight. Meg, what is your eight-word summary? Okay, here it is. Boring AF Top Gun fanfic, One Night Stand. I noticed AF is one word. Yeah, it is. Okay. It's one word. And okay. also, I would like you to see that I continued the puns. I see that. Because AF could be what you're all thinking it is, which it, it is, but it also is Air Force. I did. Yeah, it's a good one, right? Yeah. Um, so my summary is, what happens in Vegas doesn't stay in Vegas. <laughs> I wish that it did, Lane. I wish it stayed in Vegas. So I'm going to summarize this whole book for you guys. Ready? This woman, whose name is jo Jordan, 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 Jordan Callahan, is at a bachelorette party in Vegas for her little sister, who, for reasons that aren't central to the plot, is marrying her ex. So, like, Meg, the little sister, is marrying Jordan's high school ex-boyfriend. Right. Not in this... Meg is the name of the character as well. It's not my... Right. You know, what... She and her friends uh, run into these two fighter pilots. And sh Jordan and um, Noah have what can only be described as incredible lust at first sight. Yeah, which, uh, you know, I'm not knocking. Like, no. Like, honestly, this... Up until now, I'm... Actually, I'm fine with this book. Minus the penis headbands. We'll get there. <laughs> so, um, however, Jordan makes the decision that she, in spite of being incredibly attracted to him and desperately wanting him, is not going to sleep with him and instead wants to make him track her down at their resort. Yeah. But gives him no information. Yeah. To do so. She's basically like, see you tomorrow. Without any context. Yeah. And they're like in a random bar. Do they even know where, they don't even know where each other's staying. No. She takes a big gamble. She does, but that said... The other fighter pilot, what's his name? Easy. E <laughs> Sorry, guys. I forgot. <laughs> huh. Easy hooks up with both of the other bridesmaids. And they fell easy in on Jordan's information. Yeah. Sure, but like when Jordan bounces on this evening, she leaves him no information and is taking a huge risk assuming her friends yeah. are going to fill in the blanks. Yeah. So um, after not putting out night one, Day two, they run into each other and immediately finger bang. Immediately? I was like, dang, okay. Immediately fuck. 
and then decide that they're actually going to try to date, even though he is an Air Force pilot stationed in Oklahoma, and she runs a clothing boutique in Miami. Yeah, and so, so they're in Vegas. They've got this one-night stand on the second night, which I guess makes her better than all the other one-night stand people. Right. Like, that's... We'll get into that. And then he takes her to the Air Force base in and around Vegas because he's there doing some fighter Expo. pilot thing. And then... So she actually goes to the base with him, like, the third day after they meet. Yeah. Which, okay, I'm sorry. This is how you get murdered. <laughs> Ladies, don't do that. Never go to a second location. Right. Um, then they spend the rest of the book trying to make their long-distance relationship work. Yep. And that is the whole plot. And that's it. That's the book. And spoiler alert, they make it work. After some tragedy. <laughs> God. I mean, if you really want to get into this, like, this is Top Gun plagiarism. <laughs> I actually haven't seen Top Gun. <laughs> oh, Lane. Because, I mean, think about Top Gun. There's the whole goose dying... You know? Once again, who is it? What is a goose? Oh. I haven't seen Top Gun. Look, they all have these dumb... Is that Val Kilmer? No. This is a call sign. Right, but is Goose it's Val not... Kilmer? No, no. He's Iceman. Okay. Or maybe just Ice. It's been a long time mm-hmm. since I've seen it. I think he's Iceman, though. Anyway, that said, so Goose is uh, Maverick, who's Tom Cruise. Goose is Maverick's, like... Which two are gay co-pilot. together? Goose and Maverick. Okay. Well, Goose is married. Here's what I know about Top Gun. It's homoerotic. I mean, and Val Kilmer and Tom Cruise are in it. Yeah. And it's about fighter pilots. Yeah. And now from this book, I know they're naval fighter pilots. Yes, they're naval, naval fighter pilots. They're in the they're in the Navy. They're not in the... Great. We Air have Force. now covered every piece of information I know about Top Gun. Okay, but FYI, <laughs> Tom, Maverick, so, so Tom Cruise's co-pilot, like his best friend and the whole thing, blah, 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 he dies in a tragic training accident. Oh. And his widow is left bereft. Does Tom Cruise then fuck the widow? No, he doesn't. Well, then this is not quite plagiarism. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) But I digress. I don't know what Iceman does later. I don't know. I mean, isn't there a Top Gun? There's like a Top Gun sequel coming out. It's called Maverick. Oh, well, then we'll find out what happens. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? Maybe he does hook up with the widow. Although that is not his love interest in the film. Okay, so. Okay. tropes. Military fantasy. We've already touched on this. Yeah. Major military fantasy. Now, th- I'm. Uh, this is one of the things in the book that is really inconsistent. One of the things that drives me the most crazy is the inconsistent characterization. In the beginning, he talks about, like, basically being able to get women wherever he goes under any circumstances. Mm-hmm. In the very first scene, uh, Noah says to Easy, like, yeah, I do still owe you for those twins in Tucson or whatever. Like, very clearly they get around. He talks about how much he gets around. But the night he meets her, he hadn't really been planning on getting any. Yeah. And later in the book, the first time they hook up, he thinks not like, and I have it quoted later on, I'm sure we'll get to it, but he thinks like, not that I'm any sort of playboy. (laughs) It's like, but you just described yourself as a playboy. Like, who are you? No, so his thing is, he could get any woman that he wants, but he doesn't always want to get a woman. Unlike Easy, who always does. Several. Yeah. Okay. At, At once. Um... She, you also have a, this is a huge spoiler, but a woman who can put her career second by virtue of what she does. Yeah. And it's a little bit complicated in this one, but not complicated enough for it to actually be an obstacle. So annoying. Um, he orders her drinks for her. 
Yes. I yes. I don't I didn't know if that should go under tropes or offensiveness. I don't know if that was like a snort, a snore, <laughs> a gag. I don't know what that noise was, but it is this is how I feel about men who order for women. It is the only way it is acceptable to order for me is if I need to run to the restroom and tell you what to order. And I say, hey, get me that. Yeah, that is uh-huh. an acceptable way for you or to order for me. Or if I happen to be at the restroom and I know what you want. Like, it wouldn't bother me. Yeah. You know, but that's you, that's it. That basically, if I am not present, at that point, you can order for me. If I am <laughs> present, you had better let me talk for myself. Correct. Um, I'm sorry, can we think about Wallflower Wager just for one second? Because in this book, doesn't he let her order for herself? He does. Oh, I love that book so much. All right, back to Fly to Me. <laughs> fly with me. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. The last but doesn't Fly to Me? Makes more sense. Yeah. Because that's really what they end up doing. I don't uh, think they're never, they're never in a plane together. Nope. They're just flying to each other. Yep. Um, and last but not least, he is married to his job. And, mm-hmm. like, it's not... I'm not saying that euphemistically. Like, he thinks several times that his first love and his first girlfriend and his lady mm-hmm. is a $40 million fighter jet. Like, yep. it's it basses you over the head yep. with that metaphor. Yes, it certainly does. All right, so I'm just going to roll down some of the... I think the overall quality discussion and the offensiveness discussion is just going to all get rolled it's into just all one here, get, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, she's got an obsession with her own boobs, yes. and the book itself has an obsession with cup size that makes no fucking sense. Yes. Please, Lane, t- tell me about cup sizes, because this is like Lane's crusade yeah. here. So I believe there's a broad conspiracy, everyone. Um, basically, in uh, determining your bra size, there are several measurements that can be taken into account, but two main ones. The first is your band size, which is the number of inches or centimeters that you measure around your ribs beneath your bust. And the second is your uh, width at your fullest part of your bust. And your cup size is just the difference between those two numbers. So if you have a 30 band size and a 35 cup size, you're actually an E cup because five letters different, Mm -hmm. five inches, five letters, E. Um... So cup size isn't actually a measure of volume. So like a 28-inch rib cage with a 31-inch bust would not visibly be very large chest, but it's mm-hmm. a C cup. Mm-hmm. Whereas a 40-inch rib cage with a 43-inch bust is still a C cup, but it's much larger by volume because yeah. you're talking about bigger numbers. Um, and basically, it is in my conspiracy theory is that it's cheaper for sizes for stores to carry more limited stock mm-hmm. and force women to adhere to a smaller range mm-hmm. so that they can then carry options in all of those sizes. Where to actually accom- accommodate like the full range of women's sizes, they'd have to stock so much more. Yeah. Um, and that's the broad conspiracy. So this is like my crusade, and I love educating on how like we've all been improperly sized. And the other thing is that bra band sizes used to be measured, and you had to add inches to accommodate for stretch because mm-hmm. when bras were made of like satin and silk and had no stretch, mm-hmm. you needed to add that. But now everything's made of stretchy fabric, so you actually shouldn't be modifying your band size at all. Anyway, that's my PSA. But one, this book perpetuates the bra conspiracy. Yes. But two, I'm sorry, I have never thought that, like, because I have a nice rack, it's a shame if I don't use it, it'd be like keeping a Ferrari in the garage. Oh, it's so stupid. Oh my god, yes. She is obsessed with her own bust. She's obsessed with her own boobs. And I mean, so are all the men, too, but she's really obsessed with them. Like, I'm sorry, if I wasn't really confident Chanel Clayton was a female pseudonym, Yeah, I, I would, would think, think this was, was written man. by a dude. 
For sure, for sure. All right, yeah. Meg, uh, next in the quality slash offensiveness. Okay, so she refers to him all the time as the chupacabra. Okay, <laughs> why does she refer to him as the chupacabra? Because he's a mythical creature. I mean, personally. A, an adult man. Yes. Who's capable of a relationship. Exactly. And isn't a child. And <sighs> has, has a steady job and a career and a future and a bank account and a house. Like, apparently, and he's 30. Guys, Three. he's 33. He's not, this isn't like a 25 And she actually year old. praises him at one point for not having, like, loose, empty beer bottles yep. all over his home. Um, but my issue with this is not the fact that she thinks he's a mythical creature. I mean, fine, you know, you, you, you can only judge from what you have experienced in your life. So whatever, maybe she thinks he's a mythical creature. Go for unicorn. Go for Bigfoot. Something nice. A chupacabra is literally something that goes out and sucks the blood out of goats. That is what chupacabra means. It means suck goat. She says you're a, you're a goat sucker. But the chupacabra is a mythical creature, right? Yeah. It's like... It's, I mean, it's like Bigfoot. Yeah. It's still not sexy. It all, that's the thing. Like, if you're going to pick a mythical creature, pick a sexy one. We have talked in this podcast about sexy mythical creatures. And obviously the number one sexiest mythical creature is the minotaur. I was going to say centaur. We've got that too. Minotaur, centaur, like anything that has an adult man's head and body. <laughs> well, body, torso and body, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, centaur is like, anyway, you, you know what we're going with. Yeah. Here. Um, next, there um, is a line in the book where the bachelorette party is all hanging out in Vegas and the sister getting married, Meg, like blatantly checks out the guy her sister's going to sleep with mm -hmm. as like a good for you girl. And Jordan thinks... Yeah, you know, Meg's fiancé isn't the kind of guy who's cool with Meg checking out other men. I'm like, oh, so he's a real asshole? Yeah. Like, it's said as this throwaway line, like, oh, isn't it quaint, their old-fashioned relationship? Like, no, that's friggin' disturbing. That's yeah. If I, like, am not allowed to physically see men around me and acknowledge that objectively they might be attractive, like, that is a controlling behavior that is yep. problematic. It is. It is. Um, also, I alluded to this earlier, but, like, Resorts are humongous. Yeah. He is not given her last name. He is not given where she is staying. He's not told anything. And she thinks this is, like, such a suave move because she's not putting on the first date and she's making him work for it. But, like... He's, she's making him into a stalker. I've had times when, like, I couldn't find my family on, at a big <laughs> resort with their cell phone number. Right. Like, this isn't suave. It's stupid. And, and stalkerish. Yeah, and stalkerish. Okay. Um... And it just, uh, I hate it so much. I hate it so much. Oh, at one point, she refers to the V, because he's, like, seriously cut. Because fighter oh, yeah. pilots apparently have of to be course. Ripped. Yeah, whatever. And so he's got what I have heard referred to as, like, a V cut or, more disgustingly, cum gutters. Oh, God. Like, I but haven't heard any of these words. in this book, she refers to it as penis cleavage. <laughs> oh, my God. It offended me. And I don't think it's a real term. Oh, my God. It, all of it is... Everything you just said, like, kind of grossed me out. Except for the V-cut. Like, I, right. that doesn't bother me. Okay. Oh, lordy. So, also, FYI, this is a book where she literally says, you know, on their, their second encounter, he goes to find her. He finds her in the on the pool. In the pool. Well, at the pool. Because she's at buying a mimosa at the bar in a very detailedly described white bikini, yes. white cover-up, and teal'd wedges. Yes. Uh, finds her at the pool, he rents a cabana, they go in the cabana, and they, okay, this is the word that is used in the text, 
finger bang. Okay? Yeah. And yet, dear listener, it is in no way sexy. No. It's just not sexy. Like that, we'll get to this in sexiness as well. Um, in that same encounter, he is described as getting hard like four times. I yeah. could not figure out what was going on with his dick. I, I was worried it was unhealthy, <laughs> to be honest with you. I was like, you can't get fully erect that many different times. Yeah. In like a 15 minute period where they're just talking. Yeah. All um, right. Also, in the first... I was just a full rant at this point. In the first scene when they meet, they're like dancing at a club. Yeah. And she's like... Unlike most, like, surprisingly, because he was tall, he had rhythm. And I'm just like, how are those two things related? I know. I don't know. No, it's fine. He's, like, how are these two things related? He's tall, but he's got rhythm. Like, plenty yeah. of dancers are well, tall. And she's tall, too. Right. She's, like, really tall, and she wears heels all the time. Mm -hmm. I guess to, like, okay, this is how her sassiness is written, is that she's going to where basically she's going to, I don't know, throw shit at these men that they have to deal with by, she's like, I'm just going to wear tall shoes because I'm tall and I'm going to make me even taller and we'll see if guys can handle it. She keeps talking about how she just wants to play. Didn't know what that meant. Unsure. Unsure. Okay. So this entire book is just written in this a very aggressive style, like aggressively modern. Mm -hmm. um, this doesn't necessarily bother me. Like, it doesn't bother me if you're going to write a book where in the text you'll say things like, absolutely. Like, it doesn't bother me um, necessarily. But in this case, it was, like, so aggressive that she would reference, like, the brands that everyone was wearing. Yep. Um, she, like, she writes, he was wearing jeans that my fashion obsessed I knew were diesel. Her mother and her sister wear head to toe Lily Pulitzer. Um, there's just lots of military and air force jargon, um, like used in the text, uh, in the dialogues, so like non-vol, IPUG, TDY. And like, we're both government. Yeah. We're used to like acronyms yeah. as a lifestyle. It was distracting and over the top and not at all intuitive no 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 and okay so i i am gonna read you guys my my favorite part in the prose because i just want to let you know like this this is what you, this reads this is how this book reads so yeah. if you read this book this this you're gonna encounter this i put on the speed brakes uh fyi this is spelled b-r-e-a-k-s <laughs> editor's fault i'm sure okay restarting I put on the speed brakes to slow the F-16 to a taxiing speed, exiting at the end of the runway. The motions I went through each time I flew nearly as familiar as breathing. I taxied in to dearm the jet, maintenance doing a quick check of the systems to make sure it was good to taxi back. I called the ops deck, notifying them of my status, and then I taxied the F-16 until I hit the parking spot and put it in park. Guys, this is... I'm like a literal blow by blow of driving a jet to a parking spot and parking it. I also really liked how many times the word taxi, the word taxi was, used. was used. She used it twice in one sentence as a verb. And like, I get it. Like, this is how you, like, you can't say I drove the jet. Okay, fine. But we, I don't need you to give me a literal, like, blow by blow of parking a freaking airplane. Like, I'm sorry, but I sincerely doubt even the most military obsessed, like, kinked, person is reading this for the description of parking a jet. 
Yeah. Like none of that was necessary. No. Like you, you don't have to use the military terms. You can say like, he loved flying. There was nothing like the freedom. He yeah. finished a shift, landed the plane. Yeah. Like, this was not necessary. He landed doing... the plane, taxied back, going through all of the routine maintenance. And he was hit the parking spot and hopped out. Yeah. You don't have to say, and put it in park. <laughs> I think that it's like. That's just, just just take it for granted that you put the put the freaking jet in the car. Like once again, why was it even necessary? Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It wasn't. Okay. No, thank you. Okay. Uh, basically, this book is the only book I think I've ever read where I just wanted them to break up. Oh, I've read others like it. Okay. This is the only one I've ever read where the whole time I was just like, well, the only romance novel I've ever read. I've read like. I don't know, chiclet or whatever. I've read romance novels where I still yeah. want them to break up, but yeah. Um, that doesn't the, mean they should stay together. The, the entire conflict of this book is, is that it's a long-distance relationship, which, yeah, that is tough. I talked about this when we read um, the book by Robin Carr. The Chance. The Chance. With Lane. Yes. An insult to my name. Yes. Uh, I talked about this then, um, but I was in a long-distance relationship for three years. It is not easy. I get it. Um, on the other hand, my boyfriend and eventual husband never asked me to give up my hopes, dreams, and aspirations <laughs> just to be with him. And that, dear listener, <laughs> is what happens in this book. But it's not presented that way. I think mean, that's what bothers me. Yeah. It's like, so he's an Air Force pilot who's on a contract, like can't get out, whatever. Mm -hmm. She owns her own business. Uh-huh. She's a part owner, like, stockist. It seems like it's, like, pretty fledgling. Like, they don't have a ton of employees, even though they're not, they're doing relatively well. Mm -hmm. She's in Florida. He's in Oklahoma. For now. For now. And so there isn't, like, clearly she doesn't have that flexible career or shouldn't. Like, it, it is a real choice mm -hmm. between her life and him. But the book doesn't challenge that at all. Mm -mm. And, like, there's even one point where they get in a fight about it, and she says to him, like, would you give up flying for me? Like, that's what you're asking me to do, and it's the only conversation they really have about it. And his response was, it's an unrealistic question because you know I don't, I can't do that. Right. The, uh, the answer, to him, the answer is obviously no. Like, but what he treats it like because it's a higher cause, yeah. and because he's got a contract, mm -hmm. it's actually not a question for mm -hmm. him, and that's bullshit. Oh, it, it is, it's total, it is total crap. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what does he offer her? He offers her nothing. I mean, well, actually. I mean, a good D. Yeah. He offers her some good sex. And he does shave off his beard for her. His mustache? And, yes, his, his what does they call it? A mix between a bad 70s porn stash and... Grizzly Adams. Grizzly Adams, yes. Um, and he shaves it off after, dear listener, they have a huge fight. About it. About his caterpillar stash. Yeah. It was the stupidest thing I've ever read. It was really stupid. They have a huge fight about it, and then he's like, all right, fine, I'll shave it for you. So, you know what? Guys, at least he gives in on the important things. Yeah, but only after she threatens to not have sex with him until it's gone. My God, yeah. It's so true. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. I think we've already verged into offensiveness, but um, let's just keep going. All right. So this was just offensively pro-military. Um, I, I, like... Uh, like Lane said at the beginning, I don't think that I would, I, I would be interested in reading a book where this lifestyle was seemed interesting or appealing, or even a book where it said, yeah, we have to make some sacrifices, but 
we have such a strong connection or it's so important that we make it work. Like, I would be interested in reading that. This book is not that book. This book basically says um, that if you don't appreciate these primarily men, let's be honest, these men who give up, you know, everything so that they can do exactly what they want to do, which is fly planes, that you are unpatriotic. So she says, like, oh, my parents, it's not that they are, like, not patriotic. Now, what did she say? They said they're patriotic enough, but they just don't understand. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess that that's me too. If my daughter came to me and she was like, hey, I know I'm like, have a successful business, live in town, like I can see you every day. Um, I love you so much, have a great personal life. And then she's gonna leave it to go marry some dude who's gonna move to, spoiler alert, South Korea. Can I tell you the thing that pissed me off the most about this? Yeah. She has a dog. Yes, she got a dog, she's got a dog. And she wonders when he first says he's going to Korea, like, yeah. how do you even get a dog to Korea? Then she never thinks about it again. And I'm like, true. you're a dick as a it's pet true. owner. If it's you're true. like, you know what I'm not taking into consideration? This life I pledged to take care of. And even if the decision had been like, I'm going to leave her with my best friend. Like, I'm not saying you have to take your pet forever. But like, no, but you're obligated to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just to me, just offensively, a specific kind of pro-military and, and pro-military wife. Yeah. Too. Um, like there's this whole long um, conversation that she has with another woman, the the chief fighter pilot or the head. Uh, guys, I'm so not military. I have no idea what his rank Squad is. commander. <laughs> thank, thank you, Lane. <laughs> the squad commander's wife. I'm going to um, spoil something when you're done with this. Yeah. She goes, there are two kinds of military wives. The ones who lean on their men and the ones who are strong enough to give their men somewhere to lean when they come home after a six-month deployment that has beaten them down or a week of working 12-hour days. If you love him, really love him, and you can't be the second kind of wife, then you really need to think about whether or not you guys can make this work. You'll have to be strong for him, stronger than you think you can be, because at the end of the day, his mind can't be on a fight you had that morning or on whatever problems you might be dealing with at home. It has to be on the mission, on coming home safely. In other words... If you have a problem with something your husband is doing, don't ever bring it up. Please swallow it down deep inside of you and smother it. Or even not like, do you have a problem with something your husband's doing? Just in general, if you have a problem yeah. in your personal life. Don't you, expect your husband to have anything to do with solving it for you. You must come second. Yeah. Oh. I'd rather die. God, Lane. Like, I don't think I'm the most selfish person in the world, but a marriage like this just sounds like hell to me. There, there's never equal footing. Yeah. Ever. And there never could be. Why would anyone want that? And look, I can understand a couple prioritizing one person's career over the other. Like that, I can but understand. But then you need to present it as that sort of choice yes. and like talk about what that means for yes. you and if that's the way it's always going to be. Exactly. Like that does not happen in this book. It's no. literally just fucking like rabbits and then realizing they can only keep having sex if they get married they get and move married. to Korea. Yep. Also, this is the most important part of the book for me, but it's a massive spoiler. So... If at this point you still think you want to read the book, give me a minute. So the woman who gives that really rousing speech about the meaning of military wifedom mm -hmm. is married to Meg said, as Meg said, the, the squad commander. Yep. Joker. Joker. Joker, at the very end of the book, dies during a training exercise. Yep. And you want to know what is telegraphed about that situation? That easy 
aforementioned playboy from the very beginning has secretly been in love with queen military wife all along yep. and that this was all a way for them to get together. Yep. I can tell you, and this is what I, I like texted this to Lane when it was over. If I were, if I somehow, despite everything I just talked about, became a military wife and my husband died in a training exercise, the last person that I would ever want to marry is another fighter pilot. This is like Lady Mary on Downton Abbey. Yes! Hooking up with a race car driver after Matthew was killed in a car crash. Yep. Spoilers. I'm sorry, everyone. Wait, did that really happen? In like season three, though. Like ten years ago. <laughs> if you haven't caught up by now, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. We can talk about Downton Abbey later, but I stopped after season two. I wish I had. <laughs> I stopped after season three. Yeah. Um. So, overall, um, I hated it. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So... Okay, sexiness. Are, they died a training exercise. This is too dumb. Okay, yeah, sexiness. I actually am going to break from you here, so okay. go on your rant. Let's do it. Oh, well, here's mine. Is that basically, for a relationship where all that they have to offer each other is sexiness, I did not find it sexy. I didn't find any of their encounters sexy. I just really didn't. Yeah, so... There is a lot more sex than I remember. Okay. And from reading your notes, I was thinking that, like, it had been more talking about sex rather than having it. But there is a lot of intercourse. Yeah, but the the way it's described is they, they talk about it. They don't, and they, they like, don't describe it. They're, like, feeling each other up and trying to get each other off while having, like, explanatory conversations yeah. about their childhood and upbringing. It's right. like It's very odd. But I do think the only good thing I can say about Chanel Clayton... Is that the mechanics of sex, I felt like were sexually, sex, sexually described. The problem was I wasn't into these people or these situations. Uh, maybe that was the issue But I for think me. when I was just like re-flipping through it to refresh myself, the actual like mechanics of the sexual encounters weren't kinky. So I don't know why he like talks about her being freaky in bed. They're no, pretty exactly. vanilla. exactly. He's like, she's freaky. And I'm like, what? Like, but they're... <laughs> Please, I need some textual support. They're like independently sexually like, sexually described, if I wasn't so turned off by the whole circumstance. I mean, maybe that was my issue. Maybe that was my issue. It's like, I couldn't see myself getting down in that situation. Um, getting finger banged, banged by a fighter pilot in a pool cabana while your sister listened? Look, and that's the thing. That's the thing, like... But like you and your sister at this point are also Eskimo sisters, yes. not just real sisters. Oh, stop so. it, stop it. Oh, my God. She's using all this slang that I know is dirty, and I don't want to know what it means exactly. <laughs> Do you know what Eskimo sister is? Yes! Stop okay. it! <laughs> oh my god. Dear listener, you can shoot us a message on Insta if you want me to explain it. <laughs> Lane will explain it to you, not Meg. Um, okay. So, but and look, to me that was the thing. is like, I did feel like, like, okay, I think that I could have read a scene where they go into a cabana. So it's like semi-public, like whatever. They don't know each other very well. Um, but they want to get freaky. Like, I, I could see a book where I would be interested in that. I guess... And this book was not that it book It wasn't. Me. I think this book, at its core, was supposed to be a book about two people who were just incredibly sexually attracted to yes. each other, realizing there could be more there and making it work. And so sex is definitively, like, the founding part of their relationship. Yeah. And, like, that's what I'm saying. The stuff about the way he's sort of possessive of her... In public, like, wanting to be cuddly and, like, let his friends know he's with her and all of that. Like, I totally 
I didn't think that was a bad description of people with undeniable chemistry. No. And that's what I'm trying to say about Chanel Clayton. Like, I buy yeah. that these two people just wanted to fuck like rabbits. Well, yeah. I don't get when this became a relationship. Yeah. And, like, even her deciding to move to Korea is literally just, like, motivated by how afraid she was he was going to die. Yeah. Well, and also, guys, um, he never meets her parents before they get married. Oh, because like, he misses ever. her sister's wedding. He misses her sister's wedding, which he, like, warned her about before, which... Again, fine. Like, I understand. There, there. Look, uh, here's the thing. I just read another book that we are going to review for this podcast, um, The Thing About Love, which has a very similar dynamic. Yes. Um, similar job, like, is very important, miss, um, par- uh, important parts of people's lives, miss weddings, miss vacations, things like that. But because of they're the job. on equal playing field in that book. That book is. Doesn't have the power balance. It really understood why that would happen too. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. It's like, uh, you know. Overall, I don't recommend this book. Um, uh, Not recommended for me either. If you have a good military book we should review. Seriously, like, please do tell me. Um, There, I I would be interested in reading this in a different way. Yeah. (laughs) Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and just to be clear, like, I have some really, really good friends who ended up military wives by virtue of who they fell in love with. Bases also suck. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I've been to some that felt very, like, post-Soviet. Yeah. So I just, I don't, it's hard for me to imagine this being, like, a sexy environment. Right. But I am willing to try, goddammit. I I am. I am. Well, as always, thank you guys so much for listening. If you enjoy our podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. And be sure to follow us on Instagram, Goodreads. We're starting to do some reviews on Amazon. So uh, check us out and make recommendations if you have any books you'd like us to review.